We all want to look good, but the more honest we are with each other, the better chance of us all learning from something from somebody else or making our business better that way. Welcome to episode 146 of the AFT Construction Podcast. And today was a very special episode. We had Vince and Gino Galoni. Uh, Vince and Gino are very good friends. In fact, they recruited me into their Builder 20 program. And I've spoken about the Builder 20 and the benefits to your business so many times on this podcast. In fact, Vince was the original Builder 20. He helped create a few more after that. And we spoke about just the benefit about joining a group, but also how you go about doing that. And then also the complexity. A lot of the questions asked from our listeners are, how do you make that transition, either business partners or from parents to children, taking on the family business? And how do you still keep that same branding and make that transition? We spoke about that in depth. So without further ado, let's get started. This past May, we had an amazing Contractor Coalition Summit. This was in Nashville with Nick Schiffer from Menace Builders and Morgan Molitor from Construction of Style out of Minnesota. And we are now up for our second round of the Contractor Coalition Summit that'll be in Huntington Beach from Sunday, November 6th through Wednesday, November 9th. Go to ContractorCoalitionSummit.com, sign up, register. We have some amazing partners that'll be there sponsoring the event, amazing attendees that have already signed up. It's limited seating. We're only allowing 30 to attend. And again, this will be all things pricing, profitability, contracting, client expectations, scheduling, and of course, marketing and social media. Everything that we wish we knew in our business from the very beginning is all going to be wrapped up into just a couple of days. So we'll see you there in Huntington Beach in November. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and we have my good friends, Vince and Gino Galoni with me. Welcome, guys. Good Thanks to be here. Us. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys. So just a quick background. Um, I, on this podcast, I've spoken a lot about Builder 20, and um, truth be told, Two of my biggest mentors, and I have to include Mary Jane in this because Mary Jane's not on the episode today, but Mary Jane is a total sweetheart, absolutely brilliant, especially when it comes to the financial side. So Vince, Mary Jane, and Gino have been big mentors of mine. Uh, they recruited me into the Builder 20, and so we've become good friends you know, these last four years. So I think Gino, you know, as this turns around, I believe you heard me on, I think, Modern Craftsman, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny that we're, you know, kind of came full circle. Uh was listening to Nick Schiffer and, and, and Johnny and those guys on the Modern Craftsman and um didn't you know didn't know of you before after after your podcast I went and and uh checked your Instagram out and stuff like that and kind of saw that you're you're pretty big deal oh, on Instagram. So <laughs> not really so, yeah. uh, so anyways uh just kinda looked into you a little bit more and, and thought you were a good fit and reached out to you and I think it's uh it's been it's been a good fit. It's been an awesome fit. And so I, maybe we'll start with this because I know Vince, I, something that's pretty unique is, um, in fact, I just had a contractor reach out last week and they were like, hey, Brad, you know, I want to, you talk about the Builder 20. How do I go about this? And I said, well, funnily enough, I actually have a couple of guests on that started the original Builder 20. You know, part of the group I'm in is the original one. Um, you know, so I feel very fortunate that way. But, but Vince, speak to uh, like, what is the Builder 20 in general? Not just how to join, but like, what is the, the purpose, you know, you know, the whole organization itself? So just to give you a little bit of a background, I think we started some 26, 27 years ago, and uh, the car industry has had builder groups, or I shouldn't say builder 20. They've had 20 clubs forever. So National Association of Home Builders got wind of that and kind of thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to sit some like-minded builders down in a room and talk about details that they do, best practices, you know, just anything and everything, really. And, and the answer was that'll never happen because you're going to be able to get competitors to, you know, tell people you know, all their secrets. So the idea is it is to get groups together, builder groups together that are 
uh, in similar situations. So like in our, in our group, you know, we're all custom builders. You know, we have a certain amount of volume that is similar in some cases. Um, when we originally joined the group, it, there was, everybody had, was doing some self-performance and stuff. So the idea was, says, let's get, let's get 20 guys or somewhere around 20 guys from across the United States, non-compete, sign a non-compete, complete clause, compete clause. And um, just get these guys together where they can sit down and they can say anything and everything. Um, so the history went basically at the time I was fortunate that, that I was very heavily involved in my local BIA. I was a president. I was doing some stuff nationally, just uh, going to meetings and things like that. And national kind of just put a thing out there and said, hey, we're talking about putting this thing together called a Builder 20. And here's a little bit of what it's about. Um, are you interested? And, you know, they had a whole bunch of people obviously sign up for it and stuff and I was just fortunate that I was one of the first uh, first of the group to get to go. So we were kind of the guinea pigs from the start um, to start with and, uh, you know, started the group, as I said, you know, some 27, 28 years ago. Um, I've actually started three other groups for national because of the experience that I had. Um, so I helped them put together two, uh, two more custom groups, and I also had them put together a production group too. But, but really, once you get going on these things, um, and we could talk about logistics of what we do at meetings, but, you know, typically your best practices, you're, you know, you're letting everybody know what you do. We see your product, but at the same time, then financially, you know, I know what, you know, what guys are putting up as far as a markup, you know, what they pay their superintendents, you know, what they might, what they pay for telephone. I mean, I can still remember one of the first meetings, one of our guys had a massive uh, um, phone bill, basically, you know, it's like, what are you paying? He's like, well, I got 10 guys. And, you know, some of these other guys are like, well, I got 10 guys and I'm half what you are. You know, so that's one of the first things you're jotting down on a, you know, a legal pad. I got to go back home and I got to make a phone call, you know, and you go home and you make a phone call and go, huh? And all of a sudden there's this light bulb goes off that I've been doing this all wrong or, you know, there was a better way. So, um, you know, especially early on when you're joining these groups and there, there are new groups that are getting together. I mean, you could leave a meeting and have five pages of stuff that you go, I've got to implement all this. You never do, you know, because you got to go back to reality. <laughs> but there's always going to be some stuff up there priority wise that you want to that you want to implement. I mean, it's the best thing we ever did when, uh, you know, when when I started that again, I said some 27, 28 years ago, you know, Gino's 32 years old and, you know, he got drug along with everybody else's kids, you know, that got to meet each other and kind of became family. And that's, our group is very much a family. And, uh, but I remember when Gino, you know, he, he's had a different career before he came back to us. And the first thing when he came back to us to go to work for us, I think in the very first day he said, Builder 20, where are we at? You know, cause he felt just from growing up and hear about him, you know, what, what it did for us as a company. I mean, it's, it's what made my company what it is today. So I want, I want to dive into the format and stuff, but you know, Vince being part of the original one as well as helping form a few others, you know, how has it changed? You know, when you think back, you know, if, how much you can recall, you know, from those original meetings, you know, has it, has it changed, you know, the program, you know, the audit, if you will, of the partners? I think every group is a little bit different. They get to make their own rules. There are cer certain rules that uh, national is going to want us to, you know, especially when it comes to non-compete and, and things like that. But uh, you kind of make up what you decide you need to do based on what the strengths, weaknesses of the group is you kind of can figure that out um early on because national was just scared to death this was never going to make it so they were very heavy into sending you know some pretty pe big big top people to us at all our meetings to help us get through kind of figure out all the situations and stuff so for, for example there's a financial form you have to fill out that took about four meetings to really get it down and then once we got it down and, and got it correct then they were able to use that and send it out to all the other builder 20 groups that were out there 
Um, so as far as change, I mean, in our group, I think it's changed in our group because we're so much more diversified now. I mean, when I first started, you know, 25 years ago, I think everybody was within a million or $2 million of each other's when it came to volume and size. Uh, experience was a big thing, you know, how many years of experience. Um, and now we're, we, in our group especially, we've come much more for, full circle because we're second generation now where, you know, I'm going to be be stepping back in a few years and Gina's going to be taking the company and it's the same way with the Builder 20. That was one of the big things with us that we wanted to see that we in our particular group and I guess there's what 19 of us or 20 in our group and I want to say almost half our family organizations that they've got either kids or somebody in a family taking over. So yeah, which big big difference in ours in some cases. Yeah, and going back to the financial form, uh just to break this down for anyone that, you know, we don't have any documents in front of us on the podcast but you know, when I was filling this out and Mary Jane was like tremendously helpful, right? Your wife who, um, you know, Gina's mom and, and putting this together because it's, it's, it's not overly complicated, but there's a lot to it, right? Understanding, you know, just the financials of a company. But what I really enjoy about this, and this is where it's been valuable to me as a contractor and why I tell all the builders I need to get into Builder 20 is because just understanding, uh, you know, profit, cash flow, and more importantly, the way that that sheet works as you go into the other pages, it shows like percentage of like our total revenue, what we're spending in marketing or, you know, continuing education or, uh, you know, all these different things that we're spending, as you mentioned, cell phones is a good example, Vince. And so as we go into our breakout groups at the Builder 20, I, you know, because everyone's size of company is different. Some people may have, you know, like Paul, who's out of Florida, he may have just a couple of people. And then you have other people that have 20, 30 employees. And so, you know, there's the, the size of firm is different, but percentage of total is very similar between the companies. And then you can see that metrics, you know, the, to make sure that you're within line. Yeah. And when you first join, you know, a lot of times, and it was us, was us too, trying to get that thing down the way it should be. Just where you plug in certain things too, you know, there'd be guys that would show, for example, you'd be, how'd you get away with this year? You had no warranty expenses. <laughs> oh, I put it somewhere else. Cause I know, oh yeah, we all have so, warranty expenses. So hold on, I got to interrupt you, know? Vince, cause this is really funny. So why life have like, what's amazing about Vince and Gina on the group, and Mary Jane, they'll call you out too. So we were sitting, I think it was my first meeting in Charleston, actually, is the first one you brought me out to. And I remember sitting there and, and we're going through financials and Vince is like, hold on, how do none of you guys have warranty costs? Don't tell me you're not doing warranty. Like what's going on here? Like, why aren't you tracking this? And so I love that aspect that it's like in a, in a friendly, you know, family way, but at the same time, like we have to be accountable to our peers because that's going to help us be better business people. Yeah, I think, you know, that it, it always ends up being that way. And sometimes we always say, you know, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't give me a bunch of crap here. This is what's really going on. You know, we all know that there's something here. We all want to look good, you know, but the more honest we are with each other, the better chances of us all learning from something from somebody else or making our business better that way. So Gene, I know uh, from your involvement, especially coming in and really now that you're going to be, and we'll, we'll get to your background here in a minute, but you know, what is the, uh, as we meet, you know, how many times a year is Builder 20 typically meeting? What does the agenda consist of? You know, duration, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, so we have a tw twice a year, spring and fall. Um, and we usually try and kind of plan our meetings out like we're going to, you know, Phoenix for on vacation. spring meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, nice, you know, kind of deal with the weather and everything else. But, well, um, to that point, it's so, funny because when, yeah, because I'm hosting this spring and I, I think I was the fall and I said, guys, like, October can still be hot. If you come out in March, it's snowing there. Yeah. Like come here in March because it's spring training. It's like the best time to come to Phoenix. So, yeah, it, it doesn't matter when you come to Ohio. It might there <laughs> might snow one day or it might be a hundred degrees. So we didn't have that option. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's usually it's three days. So we come in. Most most guys come in. You know, on a Wednesday. Um, and they'll have dinner with you know everyone. Just kind of hangs out and 
gets to, you know, you only see these people twice a year, even though you're, we're always talking to them on the phone and stuff like that, but it's nice to catch up. And, uh, Thursday, we, we go on a, um, a tour of, so it's always, we always go to one of the other home builders sites. So for example, we're going to be going to, to Phoenix here coming up. Uh, actually we're going to Saratoga Springs first, but, uh, first day we'll go to usually, you know, anywhere from three or four houses, um, go through and the builder will just kind of take us through and, and show us different things that they did. And, you know, gives us good opportunity to, to, uh, ask questions. And some of the stuff is, you know, we all do really, really nice work. So some of the stuff you see and you're like, I've never seen that, uh, in my life. How did you do that? So you learn a lot from just that first day. And then, uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, just kind of a, we, we do round table and we, it kind of depends on, um, the agenda, but sometimes we'll have a speaker in like we had Christine from builder science fight, building science fight club. And, um, had some, you know, other high, high end names from around the country to, you know, depending on what the topic is, kind of try and change it up and keep things fresh. But, uh, first day, like I said, tour and next two days, just kind of a in, intensive, you know, seven to four o'clock of going at it. And, uh, trying to learn as much as we can while we're, while we're together. So, so, you know, I'll talk about how I was introduced. So it's kind of funny. So there's a, there's a mentor of mine here in Phoenix. His name's Rod Collum, Collum Holmes. And um, as you mentioned, Vince, like, you know, the builder community, and you said this early on, it it really, I mean, it's changed a little bit with social media. I mean, that that's the benefit of social media is we can connect and talk with people in other markets, but pre-social media, especially many years ago, like there's just no way to like, get this accelerated, you know, education and network and understand pricing and bidding and cost plus to lump sum. I mean, all the different scenarios. Right. And so this builder, like, uh, like many of the builders, they weren't super receptive as I'd reach out or try to collaborate with them. You know, they're pretty cold shoulder. If you will. And Rod's like, Hey Brad, he pulled me aside. And this is probably four and a half years ago, I think. And he said, Hey Brad, if you get a chance to join a builder 20, like do it, it changed my career, it changed my company, like make it happen. And then funnily enough, like he had planted that seed and then Gino called me uh, within seriously 30 days of that conversation. And then I was like, I'm in, like, I'm in, like, you don't have to sell me, but you know, so, so, so that's how I got introduced to the builder 20, you know, Vince, do you know, for anyone listening, if they want to get part of the builder 20, you know, how did they go about applying to get into a group and, you know, try to find, uh, that network? So one thing just to mention about Builder 20, you know, they're obviously the National Associate of Home Builders. They have their Builder 20. There are some independent groups now, and actually our group has, is shot off from that, and we're independent now. Um, but but National, really, obviously, you got to be – I had a guy call me recently, and, and he's not a member of National. And I said, well, the first thing you got to do is join NAHB. Once you join it, you simply get your name put in the hat um, that you want to join a group. And, and then it's up to National to decide how many new groups they're going to start a year. But in addition to that, um, if you go to convention, there's always a Builder 20 um, night where, you know, they've got a, got a small area set up and you can walk in there and there'll be typically there'll be a, you know, a chalkboard up there. If you want to get in a Builder 20 group, you can get your name put in there and there'll be guys in there that are recruiters from each group, you know, to kind of see who's who it is, who it might be. Um, once these groups get formed and, and, you know, especially ours, we really feel like as a family, you know, you just don't get to join. You know, you have to get invited. We want to see what, what, what you're all about. We want to look at your financials. We want to look at your sites and stuff. And I would say that our group is similar to a lot of the others. I mean, obviously, we're the most experienced group, and we've gone through um, a lot of members that have come and gone and retired and stuff like that. We've thrown a few guys out. 
because um, they just weren't compatible or, or for some issues that they weren't doing some of the stuff that they were supposed to be doing. Um, but that's that's really the key is, is being a member of National. Just call them up. Send a send a there's a there's an application you can fill out. I haven't seen it in a while because um, I haven't been involved as much at the national level anymore. But uh, it should be the same way. Just make a phone call. So. Well, it's funny when you speak about just the uh, you know you can be kicked out, of course, if you're not attending the meetings, you're not participating, right? The whole thing is we come in and we collaborate with each other. And what's nice about it is not just the twice year meetings that Gino went through, you know, just the format, but also that Rolodex where you know emails, questions, hey. I, I've hit that, our group email, I've, I'm having this challenge or question, then bam, you know, you have four or five guys chime in. But I remember when I went to uh, the first recruiting meeting in Charleston, and it was the night of the tours, we're touring like Philip Smith, all their homes, and Richard Jaffa, who's the best. Like he, he, uh, he's like, I don't know how much I should be sharing with you. You're not even part of the group yet. Like we haven't even voted yet, you know? And then it's yeah. the next day I had to present and vote. And what's funny is then now on the flip side, fast forward is we're, you know, I'm part of the recruiting team now. And when we were in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and I brought out, you know, Nick again, full circle, right? Gino, it's on Nick's podcast. Yep. And that's how yep. I came in. And then we bring Nick Schiffer into the group. And then Cardinal Crest, it was funny because you guys had Nick go first and he wasn't sure, you know, he's sitting, it's pretty intimidating. You're sitting in front of 20 season builders trying to give an update on who you are, why they should admit you into the group and, you know, what you have to offer and everything else. And so I know Nick gave a pretty brief, um, like intro of his company and then just got hammered. Well, like question after question of financials and everything. And he, I remember him telling me, he's like, Brad, that was rough. Like, you know, coming out of that, um, that questionnaire. And the funny thing is, is Joe and Adam from Cardinals Crest got to watch that. So they're like, they're sitting next to me and they're like, we're going to talk forever. So they, they'd made the longest intro ever. So there'd be no time for questions. So they'd have to go through the firing line. I don't even know if you guys know that, but it was kind of an inside oh. joke between us three. I didn't know that's what happened, but yeah, I remember it, there was, it was kind of, uh, polar opposites <laughs> and and they got out they got out lucky yeah i remember because we're in the airport we're actually flying back on uh, the same time and we're at lunch flying back saturday and uh adam and joe were just laughing at nick because they're like we watched you just get hammered by the firing squad so we made sure we took as much time to not go through that and not to scare anyone off the reality is i mean you're vetting right and that's the, that's the whole purpose of the bill of 20s because there's so much value you know i look at my business now and I attribute a ton of our success uh, as a company, you know, from culture to just structure from being in the Builder 20, just sh uh, such a short time for me. So a big thanks to you both, Vincent Gino, for, for bringing me in. You know, you just got to be truthful when you're in those meetings and, you know, you want to show your, your best, but you want to be truthful and tell people when, what problems you got, and what problems you don't have. And, and that's how, that's how you're going to learn. I, I do. It's interesting when you're talking about recruiting and stuff, you know, we were all kind of recruited where there was that first meeting, there were 17 builders in there. Didn't know anybody. None of us knew anybody national sent two big players. And they also sent a guy um, who kind of helped get the, get them started. And I can remember, I, I actually was uh, a lady named Becky Hines, who was from Nebraska. She was actually the first president of the group. I was actually the, the second president. So I was vice president. So they had a meeting after our meetings were over and they go, is anybody not compatible? And it was funny that Becky and myself, and then the, the guy that national sent all saying the, said the same thing. One guy, he's not compatible. Went, uh -oh. And we just felt that he wasn't telling the truth and he lasted about three more meetings and then he dropped out. So it's interesting, you know, that if you just go into those things and you're not afraid to bear your soul and if you're not afraid to get beat up once in a while too, <laughs> that it's, you'll, you'll just it's grow in leaps and bounds. But here's the reality. It's just like anything in life, right? I mean, if you're going to, um, you know, not be truthful about it and not just open up, you know, Hey, here's everything we're doing because that's the whole point of the group. It's mentorship. And the only way to be an effective mentor, like for you to me, 
is if I'm being transparent on, on, you know, what I'm struggling with and where we're at. So from your side, Gina, I mean, we, we alluded to this earlier in the conversation and now you had a point in that transition, which we could speak about, you know, how that's working with you and Vince, your dad. But, um, was there a reason that you didn't go straight into the company? Cause I know you went to Atlanta for a while as a fireman. So, yeah. So, um, Growing up, uh, I, was, I was big into sports, always playing you know, baseball and football and basketball and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I was around the company. I was, you know, on bulldozer here and jumping on, you know, trying to nail at things and hammer stuff and all kinds of goofy stuff, but never was really, you know, involved with it. I was around, but not involved. I, I, I never in a million years, if you would ask me, you know, 10 years ago, would I be involved with the company? I would have told you never in a million years. I just, it's just not what I was planning on doing. I wanted to kind of make my own name and kind of do my own thing. And, uh, September 11th happened when I was in sixth grade. And, uh, from that time forward, I was like, I'm going to be a big city fireman. Um, went to, went to school for a fire science degree and about a year in got, got hired on with the city of Atlanta, um, down there, I guess it was five, six years and, uh, kind of seen what I could see and, did all I could do. And, um, you know, I wasn't what I thought it was, you know, and, uh, I think my mom and dad kind of saw that and reached out to me and said, you know, why don't you, why don't you come back here? And my wife, we went to high school together, you know, went to high school prom and, and, uh, homecoming and stuff like that. So her parents are back, back home too. And they were kind of like, yeah, we, you know, come back. So, um, my first thing to my dad was, I don't know anything about building, you know, I'm, took shop class in high school, but about <laughs> other than that, you know, how, how am I going to take over this company? And his response to me was basically, you know, you don't need to know anything about it. You'll learn. You got a good head on your shoulder and you work hard. You'll figure it out. Um, and, you know, just came back and basically kind of started how my dad did, you know, just started from the bottom and, um, you know, worked really hard, kept my, my mouth shut, ears open and learned from a lot of the guys that, uh, they've been doing it for a long time, but also, you know, went off on my own a little bit and tried to learn what else I could, you know, new stuff out there and, and really, uh, dug into it. It's, it's become my passion where I just am obsessed with learning new things and trying to bring new things to the company. And I think it's a good mixture of, uh, we've got some really good old school techniques and some of the new school stuff that, uh, I think is awesome for us. It's amazing. So how was that transition? I mean, Vince bringing Gino back in the business, because at, at, at this point, you know, you're in your career, you have your systems down, you've been doing this for a while. You know, how's that integration been? Well, unfortunately, I told Gino, I said, if you see anything that needs change, let me know. <laughs> and he hasn't shut I, up I love he let it off with, unfortunately, I told him that. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like when, when he said, you know, dad, I don't know anything about building. And I said, you know, the building part, we got guys know how to build. Yeah, I want you to, and I did. I made him literally go out on framing crews and stuff. I wanted him to see some of that kind of stuff. Not necessarily need you to become a carpenter, but I, I felt like he had a good head on his shoulders. He knows how to talk to people. You know, you got to run a business, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's a building business or a restaurant business or whatever you got to do, you got to know how to talk to people and, and, you know, keep your head straight and stuff. And, and I knew he'd work his butt off. So, um, you know, that's kind of what's happened. You know, the, the, the difference is that, you know, we've been in business now, I mean, I literally started the business at 19 years old, you know, we've been there 45 years now. And, uh, you know, after a while you have, you know what you're doing, but you have old habits, sometimes bad habits. And, and sometimes some of the new stuff passes you by. 
you know, I would have never even known what Instagram is. And <laughs> Instagram is where we sell all our houses now. Is that amazing? But, but Gina's gone the other route too, especially with building science of stuff that, you know, we did old school ways and those, those worked, but they don't necessarily work now, you know? So there's been a learning curve here actually on my part more so than Gino's part in a lot of things that we do. I mean, there's certainly things that Gino's got to ask me about that he just doesn't know a whole lot about, or he's just learning about. But then there's other things that he's throwing at me like, I don't have a clue, <laughs> you know, and there's times, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, family business where it's like, you've been doing it 46 years. How's come you don't know? Well, it's just been around six or seven years and I just didn't catch it. So it's good and bad the way, way we have it. it. It works well that, you know, Gina's bringing all the new stuff in and then, but then we got to get some of the other guys to implement it too. And then I kind of have that, some of that old school mentality of just outwork people, but here's also some things that are, you know, maybe not in a book anywhere, but this is how this works and this is how we do it. So from your side, Gino, I know Vince kind of alluded to this, but I know last at one of the conferences a while back, you know, your wife's like, I always have to hear Matt Reisner's voice in bed because Gino's watching videos. So where does that, you know, just where did that drive come from just as far as trying to enhance the building science, you know, just bringing in new ideas to what Vince already had in place? Um, I mean, I guess it started out with me, uh, you know, we're talking about me playing sports and stuff like that. I've always been very competitive and I think that kind of drives me to be, you know, if we're going to, if Golani Custom Builders, if we're going to build, we're going to be the best builder there is. I, I don't, you know, there shouldn't be any other option. We want it, you know, I'm just competitive like that where I just don't, you know, I want us to be number one. So just basically got obsessed and just addicted to learning as much information as I could, whether it was on YouTube or, you know, Instagram or reading books, mag, you know, JLC, stuff like that, and just trying to digest as much information as possible. And, um, you know, at first it, it was a little tedious and then it, it kind of became something that I was like, I, you know, I, this building science stuff, this is really interesting. It's really cool. Um, I like it. And, and, you know, the more you learn, the, the more fun things, more, more fun you have. So, uh, um, yeah, just, just trying to eat up as much information as I can. And yeah. And I know you guys are big Brad. Yeah. Go ahead, Vince. Since the day he was born, he's the most competitive, stubborn person <laughs> I know. And for him, his goal is to be better than me, which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, it might not be that hard to be better than me, but uh, but I think that's that's his driving force. And we've always kind of been that way. I'm pretty stubborn too, and it's just like we're not going to let somebody be better than us. If we see somebody gets better, we we find a reason why we're not. Well, let me ask yeah, you we, this. Oh, go ahead, Gino. I was just gonna. We were, you know, we just literally, I don't know, a week ago had a a meeting with a new client and we're obviously big Ohio state fans here. And I, I made kind of a joke, you know, we want to be the Ohio state of home building. You know, we want that excellency and, yeah. and, uh, just, yeah. Well, Ohio state's always at the top, you know, they're always beating up on us out West. So, <laughs> you well, know, you guys are about to become part of us. It looks like. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know I, always, I grew up in San Diego. I was a big USC fan. And all of a sudden, yes, I am seeing USC and UCLA are probably going to the big 10, which is pretty wild. So, yep. It'll be good though. You know, it's, I think it'll be good for college football, but um, you know, not to go down that path of sports, but um, it, you know, going back to the relationship that you two both have, you know, one question that's often asked, you know, a lot of listeners are kind of in this position you are. And I know, as you mentioned, Vince, about half of the builders in our builder 20 are, are really at a point where, you know, you started the business, you're, you're looking at, you know, next stage of life, kids are taking over and there seems to be, um, there's always this struggle where, the new generation, as you mentioned, is like into social media, into these new ideas, right? And the older generation, 
not that they don't care about that. It's just, you know, you have a different skill set. It's like just that wasn't around. So you, you made with what you had. And so it's always that transition of the business. Like what's our exit strategy? How do we do this handoff properly? You know, has that been easy for you both? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer. No, you go it's first, not. No, it's 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 never easy. But um, we all, you know, we butt heads a lot. We butt heads. You know, there's not a day that goes by that we don't disagree about something. And, and you know, I don't go think we it. have yet today, but it's still early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but um, you know, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing because I see that you know, so many second generation, third generations. They you know they. They get a successful company and kind of get handed to them and, um, you know, don't really have the, the drive and, and don't really care. And, uh, you know, the business goes down the toilet. Um, you know, I have, I think, a healthy fear of letting my parents down. You know, they've, they've built an amazing business for, you know, 45 years and have a really good name throughout the community. So I don't see it as a bad thing that we really butt heads and stuff. I, I you know, obviously things could be a little bit better, but we, uh, you know, long story short, the, the biggest thing and the most important thing, you know, besides our own our relationship is getting the business, you know, getting it in a good place, doing what's best for the business. And we're butting heads because we're trying to, you know, figure out what is the best way. So, you know, one thing that, that you, you used the word generational earlier, Brad, and that's something I kind of light bulb went off in my head about three weeks ago. And I said something to Gino about it, probably, probably in the middle of an argument or something. I said, I, this thing just came up. It's generational that in reality, you know, I'm 30 years older than him, 32 years older than him. And the generations that are out there today are so, and I'm not saying they're better or worse, but they are so much different with how they communicate. I mean, we grew up without cell phones. We grew up without internet, you know, never had, you know, how, how did you, and I still can't remember I, I, how I ran six or seven jobs where I was on site every day and we didn't have a phone you know, and jobs might be 20 minutes apart to do that now. Is, you know, we got cameras on job sites <laughs> now and, I, and everything else. It's so much different for us. And I think part of it is our thinking process is different um, just just because being a different generation too and how much more they deal with and what and differently than what we did in the past. It's interesting you say that because I, I, I think back and I know early in my career, especially when I was in high school, it was this way, you know, no one had cell phones really. I think people had pagers at the time. Uh, you know, people are operating through fax machine on job sites, you know, the job site trailer. But, you know, to that point, and, and this is really important to understand now, Vince, is that when you think about a builder, a big part of our success, and this is for any professional firm, whether you're a designer, architect, builder, is communication, right? How, and it's really important to understand how do our clients want us to communicate? How do our trade partners, you know, suppliers? And so I really push on our team too, that they have to understand every trade's different. Like we have a plumber it actually gets angry if you text them or like or email him. He's like, you call me. Like, cause he's this generation, like you call me, which it's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, well, you have your tool belt on, you know, and you're, you're working essentially. So it's hard to pick up the phone and get interrupted. But, but at the same time, he won't respond if you text him. And so it's really important just to understand some people are better text email. And then how do we communicate? And so that part's really important just because we're dealing with a lot of different mindsets, generations, especially right now in this market. Yeah, I, you know, for my, just to use the word text, I mean, I text every day, thousands of times a day. And five years ago, I wouldn't touch it. I thought it was the goofiest <laughs> thing in the world. It's the greatest thing in the world. But again, see that. So, you know, somebody like Gino, they they grew up with it. They're so used to it and stuff. And, and us old guys, you know. Except Gino's us texting to, us like acronyms. We can't even understand it. You know, it's like we have to like 
think about it, you know? It's just like letters, you know? I'm not that young. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. They're, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty You know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we've brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Buildertrend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. So, you know, going back to just, you know, that takeover, and this is important too, you know, when you think about any partnerships, you know, it can be difficult to communicate, you know, takeover, you know, father to son or, you know, um, are there any recommendations you have, you know, as people are looking at the transition? You know, what does your exit strategy look like, Vince? And not to get like super into the weeds as far as like ownership or, you know, how do you plan to not go off in the sunset, but you know what I mean? Like, how do you plan to just kind of eventually hand that over to Gino and, and make that transition? You, you know, I've put together just a one page outline. I mean, we've got to obviously get lawyers and attorneys and everybody involved to make sure that we have a good handoff in a couple of years. But, you know, just kind of set that, you know, for me, it's about two and a half years, a little less than that now that, hey, it's, it's time. You know, my thought is really, you know, my, my thought process is that at that point, you know, I, I've said to Gina before, sometimes I just want to be a laborer. You know, I'd like to go up to the shop and cut shelves for him and run some equipment out to stuff, you know. And, you know, my, my intent is to go to about three days a week. And I think Mary Jane's is roughly the same. Mary Jane will probably try and handle more of just the financial for us. 
as she says she already does and let Gino and Allie handle, you know, all the day to day, let them handle the clients, um, let them handle, you know, we, we do, we have some, you know, in-house design that we do um, that, that Allie and, and uh, Mary Jane currently do. And, and Allie should take that pretty much over. Um, but, you know, I just see it where I'm just kind of out there to hopefully to be a sounding board that, Hey, I got an issue. What should I do here? And, uh, but at the same time, just kind of, be the guy that for three days a week, maybe I'm just kind of hanging out and, Hey, I need a hand. Um, it's tough to get laborers around here. I probably even at 65, 66, I think I could still beat some of these guys <laughs> that we got here. I can still be pretty good at it, but you know, you always have something come up. It's always, you know, you got to put out a fire once in a while and Hey, can you give me a hand here? I'd like to just kind of be hopefully by that time, you know, and, and you know, it's one of the things Gino and I've just started talking about recently is, you know, it's going to come to a point where he's going to need more superintendents, you know, or maybe I'm just the guy that's uh the guy that maybe has to put out a fire and grab something for him or go meet, meet one of the subs that, you know, probably still would have a relationship with. So Gino could throw something in there too. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what he's thinking that way. Yeah. I mean, uh, basically kind of, kind of take all the unfun and, in uh, difficult jobs from him. Um, and, you know, let him kind of do the, go back to his roots and, and start where he, you know, he started out as a, a carpenter and an interior trim cabinet maker. So let him do some, you know, more stuff like that. That's fun and, and not, uh, you know, not have to deal with some of the more mundane things that we have to deal with sometimes as builders. And, um, yeah, just kind of be a little bit of an advisor, almost like what we were talking about with the builder 20, where, you know, I can, I can call you up and, and ask you a question about, Hey, um, I'm using a particular product I haven't used. And I saw you use it on, on your website, give me a hand on this, you know, and, might be some a new pro or new new thing that I haven't came across, and he did it 20 years ago, and I you know sound off to him and just say, hey, what do you think? What what would you do? You know, if you were in my position, just you know, little tips and tricks and stuff. So how do you guys keep this amazing company culture? Because I mean, you have it, and you've had employees with you. I know when I went out there to visit you in Columbus, that since you've had like no turnover, and in a difficult trade market, which a lot of them are. I mean, how have you been able to cultivate that? We've had a lot of turnover over the years, but we do have, I mean, we do have a guy that's been of the 45 years we've been in business. He's worked for us for 44 years and we have another guy that's been with us since he was 18 and he's now, uh, what, 52, 53, <laughs> Gino or something like that. And, and they're still going strong. And I, I would hope that, you know, we're hoping that like when I come close to retirement age and I start backing up that the, in fact, we've already talked to him a little bit, the guy that's been with us all those years and he helps Gino a little bit with some of the projects running part of it and stuff that, you know, he'll probably go part time and just be kind of the guy out there to kind of help out with design and he's just an exceptional uh, carpenter that works for us and there's nothing he can't do. And, you know, sometimes I, even more so now that I don't have the tools on and haven't had them on for many years that I'll go out on a site and get asked some questions on how we're going to put this together, you know, cause all our stuff's pretty highly customized. And if I don't know, you know, I'll just, I'll just call his guy, his name's Ron Miller. I'll just call him and say, I really need you to get over here. Show me and Gina what you're thinking. And usually between the three of us, then we come up with, okay, plug that in. That's, that's what we're going to do. So, um, you know, I just think the the culture of this company comes down to really that for, I have this thing I always say about gray issues. If it's a gray issue, we take care of it. So as, as, as fair as we can be with our clients is as fair as we're going to be with our subs and our employees and stuff. We're not perfect by any way, shape or form, but, but if we're fair to people, we're going to always have work and we always have. I, I love that term. Yeah. I, I, I and I'll let you speak here in a second, Gino, but what's interesting you use the term uh, fair, Vince, is that so often that, you know, it's easy to go sideways with 
you know, clients or trades, but at the end of the day, there's always gray area, right? There's always going to be things that aren't per plan, aren't perfect. You know, from I, these are very complex projects. I, I've toured your stuff there in Ohio. It's extremely complex. It's extremely detailed. And so just to be fair, just say, look, I'm going to be fair. I mean, there, that, that goes, it really, you know, softens that communication, but go ahead, Gino. Yeah. I was just going to say about kind of the culture and stuff. I think it helps out that we not only have had same employees for a long, long time. We've also had the same subcontractors. You know, we've had our the same plumber for 25 years. I remember when I was a kid, we, the same plumber that we had when I was a kid is still, is the, you know, now it's, it's actually his son, but, um, it just, we've had the same subs for so long. We, it, we're just a big giant team and everyone has skin in the game where they really care about Galoni custom builders. They're going to do the right thing because they want, you know, a good house, put out there, they care about their work. You know, it's so hard nowadays with, you know, how busy people are that define good people that care. We, you know, we're doing high, high end work and we need someone that's, uh, you know, really cares about their craft as a craftsman. And I think it helps that we kind of have that attitude that, you know, we're going to do the absolute best work we can and kind of the, the major leagues, if you'd say. And, um, I think guys want to be a part of that. So how do you guys differentiate roles, you know, especially as a company's growing, whether it be business development, the marketing side, running projects, you know, how have you strategized that aspect? We're not that good at it. <laughs> I mean, if we, I think if Gino and I argue, it's because it's because we overlap. And for so long, you know, it was just me where I had to do it all. So, you know, Gino be in the middle of something and, you know, I'll, he'll make a phone call and find out that I called the day earlier and already made the same phone call. So it's been tough. Um, it's getting better. You know, the more I can spend my time in the office and leave him alone outside and just call me and say, I got an issue or what do you think? Or I'm doing this. What do you think? The better, you know, I, I need to, I need to step back much more and, and do a lot of this. What happens is, is, you know, is some of the tough things maybe with the design or something get let go because I'm too busy. Um, maybe doing something I'm not supposed to at times, you know? So, um, it's, it's a tough thing separating those roles as to who does what. Yeah. Especially the number of projects we have too. And, you know, from our side, you know, just listening into that, it's kind of funny because even though your operation, you know, you two essentially are running it, you know, even at my company with the size we are, there's still some crossover. And, you know, I have like, now we have a director of operations position, right? This is something new. I haven't spoke much about it, but it actually just as effective as of last week. And then we've had our senior construction manager. And so, you know, there's been this training we've had consistently and I've been working with my controller just on scope and understanding that baton handoff because as you mentioned, Vince, it's really easy for my senior construction manager, my director of ops to be making the phone calls that the super should be making. Then the trades can get confused. You know, who do I respond to? Who do I report to? And then you don't want the supers feeling like they're micromanaging. So it's this delicate balance trying to understand that you know, even though there's someone that may have more experience or more season, not that Gino and you are that way, but it's more just, Hey, how do we have a separation role, but still are working effectively together? Yeah, I would, you know, the, one of the things that I see sometimes is like I said, there's a lot, there's some overlap, which is okay, but you know, we're trying to create the word we used was a funnel. We really want a funnel that all communications go through Gino and then he can pass them on. And that's still tough to do because as Gino said, same plumber we had 35 years ago, the same plumber we got now. So, you know, for 30 of those 35 years, he communicated with me. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, he's got to send that over to, to where Gino's at. But sometimes, and I, I see this with Gino and I, I'll get on him once in a while where he's out of the job site and 
he's out with a shovel, you know, and I'm like, don't get a labor. He goes, it's faster for me to do this now. I don't have the time to do it now. And that's kind of, I think that's how some of our stuff gets convoluted a little bit in that it's just like, crap, I'll just do this real quick, you know, and get it over with. And then I'll let somebody know. And it, sometimes it's the wrong thing because that's already been handled, you know, but it's just everybody kind of all hands on deck sometimes that we're trying to get it done. And it's just where both of us are the, are that type of person now it's like all right i'm just going to do this myself right now and let the chips fall maybe so do you ever get in positions where uh you know you mentioned you have the same plumber where both of you have your own projects and it's rob and peter to pay paul you're both fighting for the plumber at the same time i'll let gene answer <laughs> that one yeah no not really i mean it's it's basically we don't really um it's not like i have you know two projects he has three projects it's kind of he kind of is the, if you want to call him a project manager and i'm the superintendent you know, I'm, I'm in charge of, of every project we've got. And, um, if there's, you know, there might be sometimes where he says, I, I need this guy at this particular job. And I'm like, ah, no, I got to have him here. This and it's just a compromise. You know, it's just one of those things where you're looking at your critical path, trying to f- figure out your schedule and going back to, you, you're going to butt heads a little bit, but what is, you know, at the end of the day, what is best for the company? You know, we look at the schedules and go, okay, I can get this guy here. Um, you know, I'll steal this guy for a day. You can have him, you know, for a day here and we'll, we'll make it work. So just, it just strategizing and just trying to, you know, really brainstorm and, and figure out what's best. But, um, you know, it's just, a, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. We're typically not running separate projects. I'm trying to have Gina run all of them. It's just that there's times that I need to be there because we're spread out a little. I mean, it could be 45 minutes from one job to another job where we're kind of spread out a little bit. So there's days that will say, hey, can you go go here for me and check this or do this? But for the most part, he's pretty much running all the projects. And But there is a balance of where I'll go, well, we really got to get this, you know, and he go, I know, but I got to get this. And we're, we're all in the same boat. You know, labor is the number one problem everybody has in the United States now. And it's either that not enough labor or just bad labor, you know, but but it is labor, you know, and it's very, very tough. And we, we fight that issue every day. So now diverting a little bit to the business development side, I know that we had talked about marketing. I'd spoken about LinkedIn a, a while back and I don't think Gino's missed a day. I mean, he's, he's on fire on LinkedIn, but you know, how has the social media aspect played a role in just the transformation of the company over the last few years? Um, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, five years ago we were, I mean, most of our stuff is, just, you know, word of mouth, everyone knew us from doing all these crazy nice houses and stuff like that. And, and, and now it's kind of morphed into where, you know, three or four houses a year out of the six we might do is, Hey, I didn't know anything about you. I saw you on Instagram and I want you to build our house, you know? And, and sometimes it's even before they really even get to talk to us. Like, I I don't care who you are. I, I just, I've seen what you do. You're building my house. Um, it's, it's got our, our name in the in the door, you know, or our foot in the door, um, a lot more than than usual. We're we're kind of on the outskirts of Columbus, but that's where all of our work is in Columbus. So um, maybe we don't have the the biggest name in the world before that. And I think now, you know, we're I think we're probably the top as far as um, home builders in the area, as far as many followers and stuff like that. So our our names out there, not only to to, to customers, but also to we were t- just talking about labor. Um, you know, I've found. I don't know, five or six really good subcontractors that have seen the kind of work we do and they go, Hey, I really care about what I'm doing. I'm on Instagram too, or I'm on social media. And I saw what you're doing. You know, I'd like to talk to you and we meet them and, and go, Hey, this is going to be a good fit. Um, you know, suppliers, every, everything. It's not just about 
getting that customer base. It's also that, you know, just finding good people out there in general that are like-minded and, and do the same things that we like to do. You know, it's more than, uh, I think it's more like 60% of our sales are Instagram now. Um, that's where they find us. And, and a lot of times when they buy the time they've, found us and followed us for a little bit they're sold it doesn't take a whole lot for us to sell it it's interesting too i get a kick out of regina's right i think he's by far his instagram for galoni custom builders is number one by far in in central ohio and i get a kick out of it when you know competitors down the street we happen to know the names of their clients begin to follow us so, <laughs> so they're i'm assuming they're taking our ideas to our competitors and saying hey if galoni can do this why can't right. we?" so I, I enjoy that when when gino says hey so-and-so that's building with so-and-so uh they're just they just hit us on and follow on us i thought that was pretty interesting in, in a lot of cases it is funny when that happens we have that here you know there's a couple of peers that i'm close with that we compete uh, more or less you know and on occasion you know for us we're not bidding the jobs we're negotiating you know to be the contractor choice to work through design and and on occasion we may interview for the same project and we know who the customer is and who they're following right so which is funny but i love this point you made you know what's interesting is um i've been asked a question a lot you know through the podcast or people you know follow questions are like well you know there is an issue with trades and vince mentioned this you know the trades aren't as active right as you know the the trade industry is changing a little bit but I've seen the same thing. There's a lot of young, hungry people. I mean, I, I look at it now, my garage door company, my fabricator, right? These are young like people that have started their business and social media is big for them. And they're out there building these companies in their late 20s, early 30s. You know, and so what I found is that social media, LinkedIn and Instagram specifically have brought in different set of eyes, different people that are interested in the trades and working. And so it's opened up that trade base and full circle. Again, it's kind of funny. There's a guy on Instagram, John JCH Cabinetry out of Charleston who's great craftsman and, and there's a cabinet company here in town that had followed him and they actually paid him, consulted with him to fly out to Phoenix and that he trains them, right? To better the cabinet shop. And we just spoke this morning before the podcast because he's going to be doing one of our houses. And so it's amazing just the education side, you know, the, the subcontractor base that can be increased, you know, just by putting your message out there. Yeah, I think it, it helps, you know, to, to find those good people too, because kind of makes you stand out, you know, if, if you're willing to put in a 12, 14 hour day and, and work really hard and be out in the sun and everything else. And then you come home and you spend an extra two hours on Instagram or, or uh, you know, LinkedIn or whatever to, to kind of show your work. It shows that you're proud of it, shows that you have pride in your work, shows that you're going to take care of your work. You know, you're not going to post something you're not proud of. So I, I think it, it kind of highlights the people that are out there that maybe we wouldn't, you know, just like I said, with there's there's some clients that maybe never would have heard of Galoni Custom Builders before in their life if, if they didn't see our Instagram. So I think it really helps. Yeah, you know, if plumbing, heating, electric, you know, those are the guys I've had for years and stuff. But you know, the more and more as our our houses get more and more high end, and of course, as more and more people look at Instagram and see specialty stuff, you know, they'll they'll throw a picture at us or Gino or something and. I start scratching my head, you know, where are we going to find this? And Gino already got, oh, I follow so-and-so on Instagram. He, he can build that for us. <laughs> sure enough, he can, you know, so he, he's finding all those specialty subcontractors. They, they tend to be the guys, and a lot of them are pretty young, pretty young companies, as you said, that are really big on Instagram and, and do really, really nice product. Well, it's funny because just as a builder, so I've been thinking about business development. I mean, one thing is advertised to the client and it builds a personality and like, you know, quality with them. But I've in the network of like designers, architects, builders, you know, in that trio there, that I've had designers say, Well, how do I collaborate 
with builders in my area, you know, that want a designer. Because, you know, there, sometimes there's some friction that some builders like, oh, interior designers drive me crazy. I don't want to work together. And I'm like, well, find the builders that are on Instagram or social media because they're the ones typically who get it, who want to collaborate because it's better marketing, you know, it's better um, photography and video content. And so they're more apt to it. And, you know, I do the same thing. I mean, there's some designers and uh, architects that are really out there on social media. And then it allows me to connect with them because I'm like, okay, this is someone that's like-minded that, you know, they can see just the benefit between all of us working together. So what's your guys' biggest challenge right now? Labor. It's just getting jobs done. I mean, there's more work than we can handle. Um, I mean, I'll let Gino talk to that because he's out in the trenches. I mean, and that's where crap hits the fan, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's it's not only that. It's the whole, you know, the, the after effects of COVID are still, hurt, you know, hitting us with, you know, we've always got all this inflation, but you've also got where we're, you know, signing the contract and the next day ordering appliances, you know, ordering windows because our windows are 24 weeks out or whatever they are now. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's a, you're, you're fighting things every day. Um, but I think it's, a, I think it's kind of cool because I think it kind of separates the, uh, the really good builders from the not so good builders because it's it's another extra little challenge another little monkey wrench in there that you know that i feel like we for the most part have done a really good what good job of adapting you know we've we've bought some shipping containers for our shop we've got a, a 60 by 40 shop so um we've you know done quite a bit of uh you know buying early and, and storing it and keeping things in in good shape but i think it's really it's just challenge of you know, the world in general right now, everything's a little bit more difficult, you know, no matter what, where you're at and what business you're in. So what scopes of work do you self-perform? You want to answer that one? You got Go it? Me. Yeah. Yeah, well, ahead. I was going to say, we kind of say what you see is, is our guy. So typically our interior trim, quite a bit of our cabinetry and stuff. Uh, you know, we're, we're subbing out like exteriors, but then we have our own guys that do the specialty stuff. So if we've got columns and decks and railings, that kind of stuff, the, the, the more tougher stuff where in some cases, maybe the subcontractor just, you know, a lot of these guys are, are used to just doing a certain thing and then they want to move on. So we've learned that those tougher items we can do ourselves. And, and, and in most cases, honestly, those tougher items we need to do ourselves because we fortunately have guys that are long-term employees and, and, uh, you know, we could point out stuff, do some detail work, do some design work with them right then and there to make something look a little bit better, whether it's a column or a ceiling detail or something like that. Um, so that's where we're using our own guys on that on that part. And we'd do more if we had could get more, honestly, probably. So what was the strategy early on, Vince? I mean, has it ever been a challenge trying to manage the, the, the management of the project, right? The supervision and, and, and dictating these as well as self-performing some of that scope? Well, in the old days, I was out on job site, so wasn't too tough to do. You know, I could scream and yell and <laughs> hire and fire with the best of them on a daily basis. But Gino pretty much handles all the all of our labor force right now. I, it's just difficult, you know. When you, I, I understand why most guys subcontract, and we've talked about, you know, that what is the happy medium? Because in some cases, we've decided not to self perform, and we've gone to subcontractors. And it's been better, you know. In other cases, there's just some finite things that we feel like we have to be that guy. But, you know, when you have, when you have your own employees and they're daily employees, you know, you have that same, 
you know, it's nice that we can move guys around and a subcontractor can come and go and decide that he can't be there for a week. Employees can't do that, but you still have all those same, especially when you're talking about tradespeople, I think you have them same issues of, you know, Hey, you got to show up every day and, you know, they've got families too, and all those other kind of issues that come with that. And I think our, our business maybe to a fault is too much like a family in some cases. Um, where, you know, there's times and Gino will say to me, dad, you need to be a little bit more business. Like you just can't, you know, be a dad to everybody. You just can't do this to everybody. And they're exactly right. You know, there's, especially Allie and, and, and Gino have talked a little bit about that, that there's just sometimes that, you know, as I use that word fair before, but gotta be fair to everybody too, including us, Yeah, you know? So how are you guys communicating with clients? Because I mean, the big thing is, you know, homes are taking a lot longer to build. Other conversations you have in early advance to set those expectations just on build time and logistics? Well, typically when we bring a client in, I mean, Gina's sitting right beside me and he's talking to them, you know, on a daily basis. And if they need me, they give me a shout or something. But we think that's the most important thing that we have to do is set expectations for what you're going to get, you know. And I mean, that's a tough thing. You can say all you want. And we think we got our point across and we think they know everything. And then you get started and you get this question and you go, where did that come from? That came from out of left field about, Hey, boy, you're really moving fast. Can we be done six months earlier? And we just kind of look at each other. It's like, you know, if we get this thing done on time, we're happy, yeah. especially, I mean, like Gino mentioned COVID earlier. I mean, it really has taken a hit here and uh, getting product has just been tough. I, I remember a house we finished about a year and a half ago. We literally, the day that we dug the foundation, we ordered the appliances and it was supposed to be right out of one year build. And it was right out of one year build. And they waited about three more months to get another. Oh my goodness. You know, and we ordered it the day they wanted. We put a temporary in, but you know, that happens. It's nuts. And and we had a similar, we we called our easy bake oven. We had this house with a a big 48 inch range and I won't call it the vendor because they're good friends of mine, but we ordered it early. And, you know, unfortunately with they're dealing with a lot of the same things, you know, parts and stuff. And then we had to put in this little mini, like it was like an apartment grade, really small, but it looked like an easy bake oven. And, you know, and you have this beautiful kitchen with this 48 range opening and have a little easy bake, but. Yeah. So what do you guys do for fun? Well, for us, I mean, as I get older, obviously I got a couple grandkids now and stuff and I'm actually, we're actually bringing a new puppy into the house. Uh-oh. You know, we've been dog people for years. New puppy comes tomorrow. <laughs> So, but, uh, it's like bringing you know, a newborn into the house. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, my builder, builder 20 group has become family. I spent last weekend down in South Carolina with one of the builder guys. I mean, we're all friends and stuff and trying to start traveling a little bit more. So what about you, Gino? Yeah. Uh, me and my wife are, are kind of foodies and, uh, you wouldn't really think that Columbus Ohio would have the, the greatest restaurants in the world, but I, we have good time, you know, going out and trying new things. And, um, you know, like my dad was saying about, you know, I like hanging out with my dogs and just kind of, just kind of relaxing. You know, we, we, we both work really, really hard and, um, you know, have a lot to do during the week. And sometimes it's just nice to sit down, unwind and, and not do anything. So it's, it's, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I just think it's it's one of those things where you, you work hard and you just it's nice to relax sometimes and, and not do anything almost. <laughs> so, I, and, and I understand that. I mean, it's funny because even as like, if you're an extrovert, extrovert, right, you still need an introvert time where like no one's talking to you. Yep. Like for me, I'm I'm pretty outgoing guy. I'm, you know, always networking and stuff. And so it's like, I even enjoy lunch where I'm just sitting in my truck and doing nothing where it's just 
Yeah. I just need to like recharge. But um, so being a just turn your brain off for a second. Yeah. So being a foodie, do you know like what kind of food do you and Allie, you know, do you have a specific cuisine that's your favorite? Uh, I mean, if it was up to me, I could eat a a, a ribeye every single day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my thing. But um, you know, steak and potatoes. But it, we're kind of um, you know, we're a little out there as far as we're we're willing to try, you know, new things and you know, different. You know, whether it's Persian food or sushi or, you know, whatever, just kind of try and see what, what's out there. So, Well, that's amazing. And, and what kind of dog are you getting, Vince? What, what puppy? Actually, it's called a double doodle, which is, which is a, a new breed almost. Now. You know, everybody's talking about golden doodles and stuff. This is a combination of a golden doodle and a, uh, a labradoodle, so it'll be interesting. So, And it's a young one, too. It's only going to be nine weeks old, so. Got to have that pooper scooper out for quite yeah. a while, maybe. We'll see. That's going to be my hobby for the next month, probably, is getting this dog trained. So I, I need to pick so. your brain. So I've been reluctant. You know, we have six kids, and I've my kids have been asking for a dog forever. I mean, all of them, right? And we've always shut it down. And um, we finally caved. There's some neighbors of my parents, and they have uh, little French bulldogs, you know, that they breed. And so we bit the bull. Our kids don't even know yet. So I think in August, because same thing, the puppy's like two weeks old. And so it'll be another four to six weeks before we pick it up. But um now it's like buyer's remorse. Like, not that we don't want to be dog people, but I'm like, we got like six pets essentially, six kids, right? And it's so busy that I'm a little nervous, you know, bringing like a newborn and training it and going through that. So you're going to have to help us out. Well, Gino's got three dogs in their family. That's his family. I don't think I'm going to, the only, the only grandkids I'm getting from Gino is going to be more puppies, I think, because <laughs> he's, him and his wife are into dogs big time. And we've always had dogs all our life, but uh, I, I think it's great for kids. Yeah, it'll be good for him. So what's up kind of exciting for Gloney Builders? Go ahead, G. Throw it out there. Yeah, we've got some uh, good projects. We've, yeah, we've got some really, really cool projects coming up with some uh, really good architects. You know, we talk about Instagram a lot on this podcast, and, and that's helped us out where we've got some architects that, you know, are just at the top of their game and um, doing some projects that, you know, it's not you just you're, you're running the mill project. It's a project that 100 years from now, you know, talk about building science stuff like that, that'll help, but also just, just legacy homes, you know, stuff that, that you can drive by and be proud of, you know, 20 years from now and show your grandkids and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's exciting time. Uh, you know, it's a stressful time with, like we said, with everything going on with COVID and, and all this kind of stuff, but it's also fun. You know, we were, uh, I think, you know, Gino could, could, could test to this, that, that, the time that he's been here, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit that, yeah, we might be, we've always maybe been in the major leagues, but we weren't contending for a world series, you know, and we feel like, uh, just that we've stepped our game up in the last several years. Um, some of it, this is just newer products that we use and clients maybe with a little bit more money, a little bit, maybe wanting to spend a little bit more and maybe kind of get out there a little bit more on, on some different ideas and stuff. And, uh, you know, we felt like we've kind of, upped our game that from what we were before to what we are in the last couple of years is we've gained significantly. I mean, we've, uh, we've had a little bit of growth. I've never been a big growth guy. I've just always said, you know, just take what you got and do the best job and make the most that you can out of that. But, but with the opportunity having Gino come in, uh, another set of eyes with his wife coming in, I think it's given us where we were able to successfully little, little more growth and still keep our, uh, our overhead where it needs to be and our profit profit needs to be, but, but it's allowed us to get, uh, um, our houses up there, uh, much, much higher 
and than what we were in the past. We, we had a client stop by a job site today when Gino and I were there, just finished his house. I love the house. It's a great was a great project, a little bit challenging because we were on a very, very tight lot. It was an infill, um, tight schedule, but um, they become friends of ours and uh, and they like us really well. And he's he's been on me about what's the number one house you ever built, you know, and I keep talking about this one in particular I built 18 years ago, third time for a guy, just loved it, you know, and and I'm, I'm like, you're number two, you know, and he goes, I, I just, I want to hear number one. <laughs> and I said, well, you're the number one house in Ohio because that other house happened to be built, be built in West Virginia. <laughs> but uh, just the fact that, I mean, in reality, he really is, his house is one of our best. And the, some of the stuff we did in that thing is, and part of that's because of Gino and stuff, but just some of the people he's been able to bring in, you know, where we're using steel doors and that's that, that particular house has a 35, what a 35 foot arcade in it, doesn't it, Gino? Yeah. That's a full open, you know, we'd never done that before, you know, and, and honestly didn't get a lot of help to put it in. And between Gino and a couple of guys that have worked for us for that, the 30 year old guy that's work or the 30 year guys work for us and the 45 year guy and Gino, you know, those guys figured out, okay, we got a 35 foot door. Uh, completely opens up needs to be as level as you can possibly get to get this thing set and plumb and you know they they nailed it you know out of the ballpark and every day you drive by that house you see that door and and that client he is so appreciative to just let anybody come in that house that we can and he'll, and he's the guy that's putting the tour on let me show you this you know and there's a lot of let me show you this in that particular house of stuff that we just had not done before and it's like wow we want to start doing this all the time. So if anything, if that's a hurt of anything, it's maybe eliminated a few people that have maybe called us and want to build a house and, you know, give us a number and we go, we're just not in that ballpark anymore, unfortunately. And, you know, when you get to that high, high end, it's hard to, hard to drop back and say, well, we can do that when we already know what's better, you know, what's better for the client too. And just to, to show off a little bit in some ways, to say, you know, as Gino said, drive down the road and go, there, they, we did that, you know, and there's some stuff that we've done that we went, there's not very many other guys around here that can do this. I know, I know you toured that one mm-hmm. house Amazing. a couple years ago, Burr, when you were here, that, that roundhouse that mm-hmm. we built, you know, and I remember that architect calling me and I said, you know, and said, are you interested in this? And this house is round, Vince, complicated. I go, not many guys in this area can do round, you know, and he goes, I know that. And I, and I, and I, and I said, well, we're one of them, you know, and there was challenges there, but boy, we, we, we nailed it. So, which is huge. And I'll, I'll just say in closing, I mean, I've been a huge beneficiary of just, uh, calling you both friends and the mentorship you've given me and being part of build a 20. I'm, tr- you know, eternally grateful to you both for, you know, Gino for finding me and, and Vince for including me and, uh, to your family. And again, for those following, you need to, fo- or listening, you need to follow Galoni Builder. So sh- share with us your social media and ways they can get in touch with you. Yes, our website is just uh, galoni-custom-builders.com. And then uh, our Instagram, which is probably, you know, some people go on our, our website, but our uh, our Instagram's most updated. You know, we're updating it a few times a week, if not more. Um, but it's galoni uh, underscore custom underscore builders. And uh, we're on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, just my personal LinkedIn, Gino Galoni. But I share a lot of our, our stuff that uh, that we do. And we're on Facebook as well. Same thing, Galoni Custom Builders. But, but uh for the, for the most part, if you want to see what, what we're doing and, and the latest stuff, Instagram's where to go. Well, Vince, you know, you've been amazing. Thanks for making time. And uh, if not before, I'll see you this fall in uh, New York. Yep. 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 I appreciate it, Brad. Thanks. Thanks for having us, Brad. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now 
is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.